Hello, welcome to the Inside Football Podcast. My name is Joe Simon. Today, we are joined by a very special guest for Scottish football. He's a comedian, host of They Came to Play podcast, and a huge Celtic football fan. He's wearing a Celtic beanie right now. Welcome to the podcast, Danny McGinley. You gotta love. I, I do. I'm a professional broadcaster and everything. Yet still, when you said he's wearing his Celtic beanie, I held it up to the camera, <laughs> even, even though it's an audio medium. It's good that you're keeping warm and supporting the club. Firstly, I must ask you. You are used to, you know, some pretty massive guests on the They Came to Play podcast. You know, AFL Premiership stars. Recently, Rob Sitch, Rob Mills was on the program. Now you're yeah, moving yeah, to the yeah. round ball game. How are you feeling about featuring on the Inside Football podcast? Well, I got to say, this is all my career has been building to. Just oh, uh, yes. I knew even as a kid that something called a podcast would be invented, <laughs> and it would be my dream to to be on one that was named after an Aussie Rules magazine. Oh yes, from the late eighties. Do you know who was the editor of Inside Football when it was no, a magazine? Andy Ma from the front bar. Was he really? No, Before I can gets- tell you, Andy Ma knows nothing about round ball, and I know that because when he was on Fox Sports. He was on a round ball football show and Mm. I used to take great delight in watching. He's clearly done his research and he knows what he's talking about to a degree, but he's not a soccer fan. And uh, the thing he would stuff up most is pronunciation of names. Before we get stuck into Scotland and obviously Ange Postacoglu at Celtic, I want to hear how your passion for the Scottish League and Celtic began. Oh, I had no choice. Uh, My my father's from Glasgow. And Mm. uh, so that was the football that I was brought up with. Uh, we would get uh, some videos sent over from Scotland about a couple of times a year with some some highlights. And, uh, yeah, we would watch it. And we, we didn't, obviously, and in the age they would have results. All we really knew is, you know, we liked the team that were green and white. We didn't like the team called Rangers. Yep. And more often than not, when I was growing up, though, Rangers won the league. All throughout the 90s, Rangers were quite dominant. Mm-hmm. But uh, then when I moved to London as uh, as classic Australian backpacker thing, wanted to get into round ball. And uh, and I, I, I flirted with a few teams. I We lived near West Ham and I kind of, I guess if I have an English team, it's West Ham. Uh, but I was also looking at Manchester City, kind of going the opposite of Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And just every single team, I just I couldn't fall in love with an English team. That's just being an Australian with Scottish and Irish heritage. It felt wrong to want a team from England to do well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, oh, and my cousins uh, who are still in Glasgow took took me to a few games. And man, when you see the hear the roar of Celtic Park. There's no going for any other side. It's different. It's different there. We'll touch on how, how tough their fans are. But one of my favorite ever clips from Celtic is Scott Brown, obviously, the famous Scott Brown of Celtic, his reaction to getting absolutely battered by the Aberdeen players. Yes. The first one comes in, cuts him down. While he's going down, he cops another slide tackle. When he's on the ground, he then cops the ball in his back and he gets up with a big smile, chest out. He's got the big, you know, double cobra going on. That is Scottish football. Absolutely. Yeah. Scott Brown is who, if, if more Australians knew about Scott Brown, they would love soccer a lot more because he's the yep. guy who will never dive for a free kick. He will, Mm -hmm. if you punch him, he will go, yes, finally, great, now we're really playing. And, yeah, he's, yeah, I absolutely love Scott Brown. He's, uh, he was supposed to come out and captain Western United. See, he would be, he would be perfect in the A-League, wouldn't he? He's just, he would fit in so well. Imagine that side with, with Barisha and Scott Brown. That just, they would have. They would have won hearts and leads, trophies everywhere. You wouldn't want to step out of there. It would be a serious risk, a health risk, stepping out against those two. I just love how, how Celtic fans, probably every club probably thinks that their fans are the craziest and the, yep. and the weirdest and stuff. 
But mm-hmm. uh, I remember seeing, so I'm going to play you some commentary. It's my favourite piece of commentary ever from a guy who was uh, supposed to be, he was commentating on the radio. It's a, it's a Champions League match between Celtic and Manchester United. And I'm just going to play three clips. They go for about a minute in total. But in this one, uh, my favourite Celtic player of all time, Shunsuke Nakamura, yep. uh, scores from a free kick. Now, Australians would know him as the guy who scored for Japan against Australia, against Australia. in the 2006 yeah. Kaiser Slatten game. Free kick master. Uh, then uh, there's a penalty for Manchester United, uh, which is, well, you'll, you'll hear what happens and then the end mm-hmm. of the match. Now, this is a neutral, not biased commentator at all. Is this the moment for the Japanese boy up high? Oh my God! It is the moment for the Japanese boy! He's a boy's hero! He's put United to the sword again! What a goal from Shinsuke Nakamura! One nothing to Celtic! Amazing! Here it comes, Ronaldo. Deflection, wide of the mark. And the referee at this point, what is he going to do? He's given a penalty. It's a penalty kick to Manchester United. Saha from the penalty spot. We're waiting. Luis Saha. Shot. Save! Arthur Boris has taken. The pole has saved from the Frenchman. The Celtic fans can't believe it. Lennon hooks it again. The referee looks at his line. It's all over. What a night for Celtic. United on the ropes. I think there should be so much more bias commentary in sports. Oh. I don't know why. Like, there should be a thing whenever you watch any sporting event. Uh, you know, you remember Foxtel in the Aussie Rules had press red for Ed. And Ed press red for Eddie, yep. footy game. Yeah, well, I want I want bias commentary for, for all of my teams. And, and yep. sometimes when we're thumping a rival, I want to hear their bias commentary. I want to feel their pain. Hear the sadness. Yeah. yeah, imagine, Joe, you're, you know, Tottenham are smashing Arsenal 5-0 and you, yeah. you go over and hear some gooner, gooner tears. Well, that's the thing. Arsenal fan TV, when if, you know, when they win, it's okay. When they lose, that's where the real quality television comes out. That's that's really top-tier stuff. I've got a I've got a bit of a soft spot for Tottenham only because I have very good friends who are Arsenal fans. Oh, good. And they, they do... They do the implosion better than anyone else. Like yep. I've got friends who are Chelsea fans. They lose. They go, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Liverpool fans, they tend to get just go quiet. But the mm-hmm. Arsenal fans get so outwardly outraged and angry. I, I absolutely love it. So I, I kind of always want Tottenham to beat them just so I can enjoy the show. Just so you can get a bit of drama back. We'll get on to Ange at Celtic at the moment. He's doing wonderful things. So at the moment in the Scottish Premier League, Rangers are on top of the table with 30 points after 13 games. Celtic are now in second on 26 and Hearts in third on 24 points. Celtic's Kyogo, Tony Watt from Motherwell and Australia's own Martin Boyle at Hibs. They're all on seven goals so far. Boyle's been on fire this year, but it's all about Celtic at the moment, Danny. So as I said, Kyogo and Jota on fire from up front and just been playing some really aggressive and star football. With Ange, Danny, started, of course, South Melbourne, made his way through Brisbane Raw, Melbourne Victory in the A-League and the national team, then to Yokohama F. Marinos in Japan. Obviously, huge mm-hmm. success at Brisbane Raw, Asian Cup win with Australia 2015, and then took Yokohama to the first title uh, in 15 years in 2019. So he's at Celtic at the moment, started this season, and when he started, it was much to the displeasure of the uh, Celtic fans. So the turnaround of their opinion has really been spectacular, and I'll... Well, we'll play a few clips here, but first I want to ask you, we know Celtic are a tough bunch of fans to win over, but how, just how do they compare to the rest of world football? As long as you get results, they're they're pretty happy. I mean, it, you know, let's let's be honest here. Scottish football has been a two horse race since 1986. 
Yeah. And even then, Rangers went into liquidation and had to start at Division Four again in yeah. uh, 2012. Uh, so there, you know, it's been a one horse. It used to, well, there's a comedian called Kevin Bridges, so I think this line's attributed to him. It used to be a two-horse race, and now it's just show jumping. <laughs> so, like, winning the league is the bare minimum for the yeah. fans. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, they, they are... Entitled, I'll absolutely put that to them. But mm-hmm. uh, I was saying, um, even a year ago, when everyone was talking about we need a new manager, I was saying, I was, I was pumping up Ange. I was saying, yeah. this guy is who we need to get. He plays football, which uh, th- I reckon all fans would say this as well. This is such a wanky term, but he <laughs> plays football the Celtic way, yeah. which is you know, aggressive and everything. Should, do Tottenham fans do that? Do you say, well, this is the Tottenham way? Oh, I mean, maybe oh, I don't think Tottenham have had a way for a very long time, so maybe not at the moment. <laughs> But you're right, you know, saying that is that'll get the Celtic fans on side. So that's the kind of thing. But yeah, when he took over, I think there was a lot of backlash, mainly because they didn't know who he was. They couldn't pronounce his name. Yes. He was from Australia. It was made famous from Alan Brazil on Talk Sport. Uh, breaking news coming out of Scotland here. The Celtic have applied for exemption with UEFA for Yokohama Marinos boss, uh, Posta Co- was it Posta Kuglu, <laughs> to manage in Europe. <laughs> It does not hold the required UEFA Pro license. Oh, this has got to be a wind-up. No. He's not happy there. But you know what? It didn't start all that well in terms of results for Celtic, but the fans could definitely see how Ange wanted to play and and it was going to turn around. And we all, we've all heard the last Christmas song that's, that's come out recently, which we'll get to. But this was the first one I found, a, a, of course, to the, uh, to the tune of Drake's Hold On, We're Coming Home. I got my eyes on you And you post the code blue I want you have love and emotion Endlessly. The history of that one is that was actually made by a Rangers fan to wind us up, but all the Celtic fans went, no, we love it. We're we're playing that. Yeah, I I was very disappointed in the Celtic fans. Um, Out and out racism um, when Mm. Ange was signed. When Ange was announced, there was, I was going on the forums uh, and you know forums. You know, who goes on footy forums anymore you know, in this day and age? But I wanted to, I wanted to defend him and just say, hey, this is what he did at, at Brisbane Raw. This is what he did at Melbourne Victory. This is what he yeah. did for the Socceroos. This is all his credentials. And it was just out and out racism. Just people saying, "I pal," but he's never coached in Europe, so he's shaked. And go, no, what, what are you talking about? And there's all these people, you know, saying, hey, "Well, he won the A League, you know, three times." And go, "I could win the A League." You know, I got Australia to the World Cup. I could get Australia to it. And go, mate, you're from Scotland. You haven't made a World Cup <laughs> in like three decades. It yeah. was just blatant racism because they think anyone who's not from Europe or South America mm-hmm. isn't worthy. And it was, I was really angry. And so I've got oh, a real enough. personal uh, uh, interest in Ange doing well because I, also, he's, you know, my favourite coach of all time. He's, he's a great man. I met him once and he was, he was really lovely. Look, the thing is, though, it, it turned out from the reception he got when he signed, which was pretty negative, and then they started not winning the first few games, and it was also kind of like, oh, this this could go badly. But the performance is there, and I think that's all Ange needs at the moment to to hold on. Um, and look, it's it's I think this song, the last Christmas tune that's come out recently that the Celtic fans have been been singing, that it's one of my all time favorites. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. How 
how hard is it to rhyme Postacoglu into a song? Yeah, it's it's pretty hard. I remember if, when he was at Melbourne Victory, uh, mm. we were trying in the South End to try and work him. Uh, I was trying to get the Rolling Stones and Jair, but, uh, <laughs> you know, to no real avail. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there is another song that's going quite well. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. You put in uh, Postacoglu on YouTube, you still get him fighting with Craig Foster as the number <laughs> one. Even if I play it, you probably won't know the song. It's just, I mean, everyone knows the um, the history of Celtic is they are the, the Catholic club mm-hmm. in uh, in Scotland. But something I'm very proud of with uh, Celtic is, even though they were a Catholic club, they never had exclusionary signing policies. So if they, they whereas Rangers, you had to be a white Protestant, even up until like the, the 70s. Uh, then they started having black Protestants. They didn't sign their first Catholic until the early 90s, which was a disgrace. And apparently Celtic used that to their advantage in like the 60s. If there were two good players coming up, a Catholic and a Protestant, they'd sign the Protestant immediately because once Celtic had touched him, Rangers wouldn't touch him. So so that way they got all these players and that's how they uh, eventually won the Champions League in 1967. Good business. Which was a smart move, yeah. So that move. There's a song, there's a hymn called Either Lord of Sea and Sky. Yeah. Uh, which but they've used that as Poster Coglu, Poster Coglu, you have heard us calling in the night. Poster <laughs> Coglu, yeah, three times. You came home to coach the green and white. A few people have pointed out him coming home would mean he has to go to Athens or Melbourne. Yep. <laughs> but uh, so there's there's a few songs. And that um the last Christmas one, that's Lewis Capaldi, isn't it? Uh David Curry, who is from the 90s band The Supernaturals. He's the one on the keys oh, okay. there playing that one yeah all right so some big names coming out for Ange and some big a lot of music who support his work Celtic. his work isn't done yet I mean there are still a few things I'd like you know Ange to bring in at Celtic you know the South Melbourne market dim sims haven't made their way to Glasgow <laughs> yet even you know you get that great yidos outside of the, the local soccer on a on a Saturday or Sunday I would love to see that outside you know Celtic Park I'm sure Ange is very worried about the catering right now. But, uh, <laughs> my dream is uh, uh, I would love to go to Celtic Park wearing a South Melbourne Hellas shirt oh. and try and get Ange's attention. But the problem is they wear blue and white, which is very close to Rangers' colours. So right. I don't think it would go down mm. very well. Yeah, yeah. But I reckon you'd get some attention. I think that heritage will come back in. I think so. I wore a victory top to Celtic Park once and a few yep. people were at least few interested. Eyes. Going, yeah. who the hell's that? What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Look, they are playing unbelievable football, which is really nice to see. So are Rangers under Steven Gerrard, but there are links of moving him to the new Aston Villa job in England. So things could change there pretty soon. Um, that is so very Celtic- fresh. Like I was reading yeah. articles about that. So they've, it's all going down. Uh, I'll just look at the Scottish sun right now because not only is mm. Stephen Gerrard leaving, last week uh, Rangers, even though they won the title, it was revealed they lost £23.5 million pounds last yes. year. They've been running at a loss ever since they were, um, uh, you know, re Reborn, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yep. uh, why we call them the zombies now. But uh, <laughs> since, since they were resurrected, they've been running at a loss. But And for them to win the league and still run at a loss of £23 million pounds is actually, it's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, uh, and yeah, and hopefully they, you know, go into liquidation again. <laughs> well, that's the thing I was going to ask you. So Celtic obviously on the up pretty strongly the past few games under Edge. How do you see the rest of the season playing out now? Oh, I'm a I'm a chronic optimist always. So mm-hmm. I I truly believe Ange is gonna is just gonna do quite well. Um, we he inherited a threadbare 
um, squad. Uh, where the pretty much the only good player, Anson Edouard, was already wanting to leave, yeah. and he's been sold to Crystal Palace. But he's brought in Kyogo. He's there's rumor is he's about to bring in the top scorer of the J League, uh, so that mm. fills me with a lot of excitement. He's, uh, and yeah, I, I genuinely think he'll do well because um, if Gerard does leave Rangers, I would much rather Ange beat Gerard. Um, in you know, you know, just defeat them as they are because if they if Gerard goes to Aston Villa and takes all his coaching staff with him, then the Rangers fans will use that as an excuse. Yep. But so I'd rather Ange you know beat him on his own merits. But you know, hey, however we have to win the league back, we'll we'll do it that way. That's right. And they're also doing better in the Europa League as well. They're sitting in third at the moment on six points, just behind Betis in second on seven points. So there's there's still a good chance he gets through to the to the um the round of thirty two in the Europa League as well, which would be huge. And I think because and the team is starting to fire now, now. there's a new bonus league, which I love. I hope and we that, do that and win it. Exactly. You could drop into the conference league where, you know, Jose Mourinho's Roma's there. There's Tottenham under Conte there. So there's still some pretty big games in that league. Hell yeah. Well, any any European trophy in my lifetime would be very, very welcome. Yep, me too. You're preaching to the choir there, mate. Danny, thank you so much for coming on. You can catch Danny on Twitter at Danny McGinley and on the They Came to Play podcast. Also follow us on Twitter, inside underscore F4pod. Danny, thanks so much and good luck to your Celtic. Thank you, Joe. Mon hoops.